Okay, we're going to really try and control ourselves and our instinct to be frivolous and silly because this is a serious topic, isn't it? Well, it is a serious topic. Thank you for agreeing to do this. I've even written an introduction. That has never Have happened it? before. That oh, has awesome. never ever happened before. That's never happened. Um, by way of an introduction, I'm just going straight into it. I think it's best to summarise where we are exactly in terms of the progression of this disease. The state of play changes so quickly at the moment. This is this awesome. This feels so fucking weird. <laughs> this feels very strange. It's, that, quite, difficult, um, it's quite difficult no, for me not to take the piss out of I you know, for that voice that you're doing. Okay. Uh, even, though, just even though we're trying to be sombre. Let me try and summarise what we're in. Uh, instead of reading it out, it just sounds terrible. Right, we're fully aware that what we say today might be redundant tomorrow. That's one thing we're aware of. The other thing we're aware of is that I'm pretty sure none of us is, doc- is a doctor or a medical expert of any stripe or an expert on anything. Correct? Correct. Okay. Sam, can you disagree that that's true? Uh, yeah, all right. I'll allow it. But we thought we'd get to get together and discuss uh, how the coronavirus, or this coronavirus, COVID-19, I don't even know the technical terms of discussing it, um, is affecting hospitality at the moment, how it might affect hospitality based on various scenarios, and what we as an industry and as a general public can do to support each other um, within hospitality. Just to contextualise where this is still so strange, where we're at. Um, we today is the twelfth of March, twenty twenty, the year of our Lord. Uh, Donald Trump has announced a travel ban from Europe, except the UK and Ireland, and one or two other places. Quite like drop, really. Yeah. Uh, Chancellor Rishi Sunak yesterday announced a cut in business rates for the year for businesses with a rateable value of under fifty on K. That doesn't probably apply to many of your gaffes. Does it? That's not particularly helpful to me. Not no. Markets are tumbling. NBA season has been suspended. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson both <laughs> tested positive, uh, which is significant because, as someone pointed out, it's probably the moment your average American starts to take it seriously when Tom Hanks has it and there's no basketball. Um, global cases are past 126,000. Deaths, more than uh, 4,600. There are 460 cases in the UK at the time of writing this, but that was about three hours ago. Olympics, probably not going to happen. La Liga has just been suspended. Ireland has announced the closure of schools. That's all basically happened today. So tomorrow, who knows what's going to be happening? Mystic Meg over there, what do you? Well, I thought one of the th- yeah one of the things I thought was under no circumstances ask me what's going to happen because uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I, I'm interested I'm interested a bit at the moment in uh, in the lag right. So like last week, my sense I talked to a lot of people who run restaurants in London, where we are, uh, but who run restaurants around the country. I'm involved in some restaurants uh, in different places in the country. Uh, I am about to open a restaurant in a different country. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I kind of get a sense of different people and I'm, I'm interested in the lag. You know, Italy obviously is the, is the kind of test case for this going extremely badly. Mm. Um, but different places around the country are experiencing it in different ways. I mean, last week for us in London, well, for anyone I speak to in London, was it was down, but it wasn't difficult down. Um, this week has become a bit difficult down, but even then, you know, people are having quite different experiences from day to day. Uh, mm. And I think anyone who says to you, well, this is the way it's going to go, is wrong. Because um, off that, the bat, we should always say, we have no idea. Yeah, we've got no idea. I, I think that said, I would have said that most people think it's going to get worse before it gets better. 
most people think it isn't going to last for a very long time. People are talking, I think, more in terms of weeks than months. Uh, and what we've tried to do, and I guess what most people I talk to have been trying to do to a greater or lesser extent, is just plan for as many of those scenarios as they can. And what might those uh, look like, those plans and those scenarios? Well, I mean, I, I think it's anything, really, isn't it? From, from uh, what if things go the direction of Italy to actually what if there's quite a big bounce back and we do what lots of countries have done. I think Taiwan is an example, Singapore, where there isn't that massively steep curve, actually. It flattens off um, and the rise is stemmed. And I think at that point, in particular, the British would start feeling, I'm bored, yeah. I want to go out again. But in those countries, that's happened because they've dealt with it efficiently, right? And have been practicing, you know, good personal hygiene, not leaving the house unless necessary, working from home. I, I don't really. I, I definitely. I'm not, I'm not informed enough to say uh, why some countries seem to be coming out of it and others aren't. I know there's like a million and one articles, aren't they, on the yeah. internet? And everybody's like, I want to read a new one every yeah. three minutes, especially if it's got graphs. That might just be me. Yeah, uh, that is just. Me. <laughs> I really like the graphs, um, but yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. If I, I, I know a couple of people who are much closer to this than I am, and they feel like the way we're dealing with it is sensible and evidence based. And I know people who are definitely less close to it who feel that the way we're dealing with it as a country, I mean, is absolutely insane. We should be locking everybody in their homes, and uh, I don't know. This it's a. Uh, as with most things, it's probably somewhere between those two. Yeah, maybe. It's, maybe. you know, get on with normal life with a large caveat that, you know, don't shake hands, don't hug people. It's an idiotic thing to do at this point. Um, if you can work from home, do work from home. That Also, visit your local steakhouse, modern British casual fine dining, <laughs> eatery and sandwich shop. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, like a, again, someone called me the other day about this and said, "You know, what? How, do, how is the restaurant industry reacting?" And I said, "I, I mean, it, it's crazy to suggest that the restaurant industry mm. has a coherent reaction. Really, the, the the truth is that every single business is having to make it up as they go along. Yeah. They, you 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 fall back to a small number of things. You fall back on your financial situation. I mean, we we." At Hawksmore, we feel like um, broadly this could kind of go any number of ways, but ultimately Hawksmore will be okay because mm. we've got a we've got a good financial situation. And you fall back on like your moral code of what is fundamentally when push comes to shove, the way I want to behave towards people and customers, etc. Um, and you know, you said keep on visiting your local steakhouse. I don't know. I, I almost feel like that's five-day-old marketing or three-day-old marketing. Like there's, a, you know, people saying, "Got to keep going out. Got to keep supporting yeah. restaurants." I don't know. It seems perfectly legitimate to me that if people want to go out at the moment, Hawksmoor's there. We're open for them, and if they want refuge or a mm. bit of restoring, we're there. But if they don't, it's, it's a perfectly legitimate. It's a perfectly legitimate thing not to want. I'm not sure if the whole like. Everyone must go out to restaurants. No, I mean, I, I was saying that with my tongue was <laughs> semi-firmly in my cheek. It was, but lots of people's hasn't been. Lots yeah. of people have been saying it with 
I don't know what the opposite of your tongue being firmly in your cheek is, but uh, but lots of people have been saying I did a mental image there I didn't want just popped into my head. Uh, but lots of people have been saying that kind of stuff with with all seriousness, mm. and maybe that's the right message, and, and maybe it isn't. But every individual restaurant is reacting differently, aren't they? But I suppose every people, you know, as you say. It's, a mild dip is one thing, but for other people, you know, we asked people to send in messages and, you know, their personal experiences. And hospitality businesses, um, this person wants it anonymous, so I won't say where they're from, but they're um, 70% of their entire revenue for the year is conferencing and events, and they've had £30,000 worth of cancellations due to corona, and they're fully expecting business to drop out until June. Uh, and 50% of their staff are casual staff, so there's no shifts for them. Um, and so that's one. And the other one was not anonymous. So Dylan's Ice Cream, at Dylan's Ice Cream. Check them out. Uh, but they're in a commuter town. When they say in the week, it's been terrible, but the weekends is, has been busy. Yeah. Busier perhaps than normal. But then the wholesale side of their business saying is, is not doing well at all. And they're not getting inquiries from new customers either. Because I think there is that thing in most businesses, but I'd say in hospitality especially, where people just batten down the hatches, you know, for anything new, which obviously is tricky for you in New York or whatever. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, that conferencing thing is real, right? If, you're, if your business, certainly I think probably for the last week or so, this has been true, maybe a bit longer, if your business relies on big group bookings or attracts people who are going to nearby kind of conferences or big events, if it's really reliant on tourism... Yeah. Uh, Richard Corrigan came out, didn't he, quite early in all of this and said, Oof, trade's down because people aren't coming from China. Yeah. And actually, most people I know said, that's weird, we haven't noticed that because they weren't reliant on yeah. Chinese tourism. But I think people have noticed that now. If you're really reliant on, I don't know, Google yeah. uh, and Google go home for a day or two, it makes a big, it makes a big difference. So, I don't know, it's so, it's so isolated. The effects are, are different for different people, aren't they? Yeah. And we've seen that in our restaurants. You know, we... We are, we are down in the restaurants this week, um, certainly in a more, in a more uh, significant way than we were the week before. But it's not evenly spread yeah. in terms of location. In fact, I mean, Edinburgh for most of this week was up right. on, on last year. Um, I'm involved with Mitch's business in, in Devon. Happily bumping along, right. hitting budget every week, right. doing well, beating there, beating last year. So... It, it's just a very different situation for different people, isn't it? And do you presumably see a difference also between Knightsbridge and Spitalfields? Yeah, so, I mean, exactly. If we, I mean, Knightsbridge, more reliant on tourism, Spitalfields, more reliant on office trade. Um, so we kind of feel it in different parts of the week, uh, in different places. But like Spitalfields would definitely have had that experience of being busy at the weekend. Yeah, because other people, you know, like you say, Edinburgh had a, was up and was it Derby's had their best week or, you know, right, yeah. doing really well. And I think potentially there's quite a British thing about... Derby, the, the city. No. Derby's, yeah. Derby's, yeah. Uh, Robin Gill's place. But there's also, I think, quite a British thing, which sort of ties in a little bit to that thing of like, you know, lunch goes on, keep going out, which is a good or a bad thing to sort of push. But there's a, quite a British thing which I think is, fuck it, we're going out. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and I think that will happen with the bounce back when this yeah. finishes. 
I think there's a huge potential for there to be a really big bump for everyone. Cause I think yeah, I mean, the, and the bounce back, I mean, the bounce back in a way is one of the key things, isn't it? How well do people bounce back? And I think what you see on Twitter with quite a few people, I'm sure maybe all of your listeners aren't uh, spending all their time thinking about what a hundred different people say on Twitter that you, that yeah. we all both, we all follow, but uh, you, you, you see people who are obviously nervous about the question, can I get through to the bounce back? Totally. Because the truth is the vast majority of restaurants, and to be honest, I would have thought some restaurant workers are kind of living relatively hand to mouth. And the idea of a significant downturn is, is very, very difficult for those people. And they're not in the position that we are feeling okay about the, the storm and okay that you can support the staff in the way that you'd like to. Mm. Uh, the, the the so the budget. Um, this is a question. We've got, we've got a bunch of questions from from Twitter and Instagram, but I think this is one of them. I can't remember who it was. I'm going to ask it. The the rates cut. You know, how do you feel about that? Obviously, personally, it's not going to affect or business. It's not going to affect Hawks more. But um, how much? Of a, yeah, a I don't know. I, mean, do I, I I I was sitting. Uh, next to our finance director because that's the kind of cool thing that we have here with the finance directors and as he was watching the budget live did swear quite a bit during it and I I think his vibe was it's it's set up that what their reaction is set up really to alleviate the effect as much as they possibly can on small businesses and leave medium and large sized businesses on the assumption they're big enough and hairy enough to look after themselves and that may or may not be true um, but I, d- I didn't I don't remember thinking there was a lot for there was a lot for us in there 250 that 250 employees was kind of a relevant threshold wasn't it in terms of whether companies can reclaim SSP if right. it ever gets to that stage rateable values uh, were lower than Hawksmoor's rateable yeah. values and so you know that sort of thing really just said yeah there's nothing there's nothing for me in there that's relevant really also, there's no correlation for anyone between the rateable value of their business, you know, property, and how successful the business is. It's yeah. So, so it's. I think. I mean, I think the truth is, if you know, if you if you run a restaurant now, uh, you own a restaurant, whatever it is, you, you are. I was just saying, I'm only pausing because it sounds a bit bleak. I don't really mean it in a bleak way, although maybe it is. But you, you're on your own, really, aren't you? The, the government are not going to step in and help you. Is my impression. Um, I don't think you should be relying on oh if we tell people to support the restaurant industry enough then enough customers are going to walk in you've got to be being sensible about what, what is it how can I actually react to this what is in my power to, to, to do and, and be doing as many of those things as possible and scenario planning as much as you can and I don't know I, I think the truth is that if you're not doing that I'd, I'd be a bit worried at this point just that we've spent the last two and a half weeks doing almost nothing but that mm. um, let's get into the questions because I'm sure they'll yield more insight from your good self William uh, this is for Will from Hawkey Baker who uh, I think is called Max and works in one of your things so. Hawkey Baker Hawkey I was going to say it does sounds bakes at Hawksmoor do you uh, he had a few questions <coughs> How do you stay positive in amongst all this? You personally, he meant, especially with everyone I see on the horizon. Uh, so I, a roundabout way of answering it is, uh, my wife said to me, "How do you, 
how do you deal with stuff like that when it's when everything's kind of like going a bit crazy how do you just kind of like go through days I was like I don't know really just optimism and resilience she's like oh because quite often I think she must feel what do you do I mean you're not that bright or whatever you don't know anything about restaurants she just went oh yeah you are quite optimistic and resilient Uh, I don't know I mean I just go home and try and sleep properly and do some exercises and watch Liverpool lose for Atletico Madrid which also happened just in date and time yeah Uh, and get up the next day and do what I've got to do and that's it really and just try and make people feel comfortable in our company with the truth which is it's going to be okay how do you stay positive Sam? I'm not (laughs) thanks Phil Uh, I'm not renowned for my positive vibes um, but I do I think we you know we've probably said this before which I know you have as well but it feels a lot easier that there's two of us doing it, you know, sort of team aside. Yeah. But just, um, you know, I, I can be a bit doomy, but then you'll be positive or vice versa occasionally. I'm, I'll, but you're quite, uh, whatever, it is what it is. I'm not I think whatever. that's a, I think no, that's no, a good... No, no, I, I don't mean whatever as in you don't care, but you're as in all we can do is what we can do, and other than that, it there, is what it is. There's a sort of weird... Um, fatalistic freedom to the knowledge that it is largely out of our hands we can you know be sensible and pragmatic and operate best practices but this is a virus that is just doesn't give a fuck about anything so we it's, it is out of our hands in that sense and, and that that is sort of freeing because that means you can just be yeah. super pragmatic i don't suppose you watched danny meyer's video to his own staff no. That's the kind of cool thing that I do. I spend five minutes watching Danny Meyer's videos. so many cool things. Stuff. Watching Thanks, the mate. budget. With yeah, it. man, yeah. so cool. Uh, <laughs> Swearing uh, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It's, absolutely. Swearing's the one thing I've got. Yeah. Uh, and he said something like that, which is, you know, if you want to be a good leader, because uh, he's American, so it's okay to talk about leadership. Yeah. If you want to be a good leader, he's like, you, you have to be optimistic and pragmatic both those things together just one of them is is, is not good enough on its own uh, and, and you're right like having people around you is good at a moment like that so I'm surrounded by people who are much more pragmatic than I am and I'm optimistic and I have needed them a little bit to sort of sit me down and say this isn't something that you're just going to say it's all going to be okay and it, then it's all going to be okay just think about it carefully and, I, and, and we've, we've done that together and I found some of those conversations quite difficult but uh, then there's definitely a role for me which is alright we've had the difficult conversation now we know, we know what scenario we're talking about let's just plan it let's just work through what we can do it is what it is that's the truth I, I, I've said this before about like Brexit and stuff there's a, a complaining is going to get you absolutely nowhere don't waste a second of energy Complaining and wishing it wasn't so. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. Own it. Get through it. And if you can do that optimism thing, I think it, it does rub off on people quite a lot in your own in your own company. You're the yeah. pragmatist. The You're the optimist. Well, the I'm the pessimist. You're the pessimist. Yeah. So pragmatist sounds better, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I think pragmatist is the more sensible like version of pessimist. Great pragmatist. Bismarck. Wasn't that a boat? as well. Um, do you see this is also from Hawkey Baker do you see any broader positives uh, long term 
I'm paraphrasing here today. Sorry. I mean, it, it's a difficult it's a difficult question, isn't it? Because the 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 kind of positives you can see from the most difficult scenarios are sort of phoenix from the flame mm-hmm. type positives still involves flames yeah. <laughs> uh, which people tend not to like and without kind of going into detail too much uh, of what those look like in, for coronavirus but um, I don't know I mean the, the, something that I have thought for a long time in restaurants in London it's very very difficult for brilliant young creative people to get into learning restaurants which wasn't always the case I mean that is a plausible positive outcome but we'd have to go through something pretty bad before that happened um, so I don't know I don't know whether kind of talking about the positives that might come out of it it's is a bit glib right I like the word glib as well. yeah does what it says on the tin mm. um, this is anonymous um, reducing hours and shifts would be the easiest and most cost effective way to make savings but we're sorry not and most effective not most effective way to make savings, but we all know how hard it is to find good people in the industry. So how can we efficiently make changes and lower our costs without rumbling our labour force? I mean, I, I really do think it is impossible for me to really give advice to anyone on that, with other than just the thing I said at the beginning, which is you've got to look at your own financials and you've got to look at your own moral code and just work out how you can and how you want to behave, how you want to look back and say, I did that. I mean, there are practical things you can do. I mean, if you follow Kate Nichols, who's the uh, CEO of UK Hospitality, you know, she'll talk regularly about whether you you can apply to the tax office for VAT relief or PAYE relief. Um, I would suggest that you write to your landlords and say that it feels reasonable, as it does to me, that the burden of this sort of thing ought to be shared around a little bit rather than falling entirely on tenants and not on landlords. But that, that's, those, those are just pragmatic steps um, that I think most people should be taking. But h- how any individual reacts with their own staff really is, I don't know, wh- what can you afford to do? How long can you afford to do it for? And what's your moral code? It, that will be my first question. I suppose it slightly hangs on if... Tomorrow the government announces a four-week quarantine. That will be very different to an eight-week quarantine, and budget-wise and planning-wise. And so we, again, we're still in a position of not really fucking knowing. What's yeah, going but, to happen. but also I think you know if, if if you are able, and I know a lot of people you know who run independent restaurants are so dragged in. They don't have the, benefit, the luxury I have of not being dragged into service, right. and I can just sit in this room thinking about things. Yeah. Uh, and being cool and, and being cool because yeah. I swear uh, you know I, but if you are able and you have the time trying to think about some of those scenarios and just what are we going to do in that um, and, and the truth is I suppose the more resource you have the better and maybe that's why the budget tries to give relief to people who are less likely to have resource yeah. and lets the rest of us get on with it okay. which also because the, the rateable value thing and you know, obviously, food Twitter is generally London-based. So, you know, a bunch of people, oh, you know, there's no help to people in London, etc. But for places outside of town where, you know, they're going to be well in that, that will be of great help mm-hmm. to people. I went, I went to... It feels weird to moan about it, even though it might not help <coughs> us. Or if it means you, you keep one I mean. more person on the payroll, then yeah. all the better. Yeah. I went to, I went to a restaurant uh, with my wife, Maria... 
earlier this week. And I, I, the, the owner of it was chippy. He was, he was, I mean, he was talking about coronavirus and the impact it had on the business. I haven't seen him this happy for quite a long time. And actually, Ch- and chipper, he, and not chippy. Not chippy. Sorry, chipper, chipper, chipper. Uh, it, yeah, he, he, and he broadly, I think, having spent quite a bit of time feeling, you know, he runs a business on a skeleton scarf, staff, suddenly loves the fact that he runs a business on a skeleton staff. It's him, he's in the kitchen, he's front of house, he's making the coffee, he's doing your payment. And a KP, he broadly said, I don't care. I, I will get through this fine. Um, and I, I don't know, the more, the more you are able, I suppose, to say that kind of stuff, the more comfortable you should feel. Mm-hmm. A humorous question, but also a serious one from Alexandra. Has anyone been stealing uh, toilet paper from noticeably from any of you? I am, I am not aware that anyone has as yet been stealing toilet paper. Has it made the ship Is that the course? kind of thing that you hear about, though, if that was happening? I think probably in the last week, if someone yeah. had wanted to get that information to me, I probably wouldn't have been listening yeah. quite as much as normal. So if you are looking for free toilet paper, I'm not paying attention. Just walk into a Hawksmoor, it's there. Already done it. Right. Uh, Gabby Mazaros, sorry, Gabby, I probably mispronounced your surname. Um, this was directed more at us. What precautions are you taking in your kitchens and where do you stand on food delivery? I read that question and I thought that was sort of slightly strange. What, what can you do other than what you do? Anyway, your kitchen should be cleaned and people should be washing their hands, and obviously that's been upped. I would say. We have timers, front of house, for front of house staff and, and, and back of house. Um, so every, what's it, every 20 minutes the timer goes off, everyone washes their hands. Uh, Cordelia, who I was working with today, likes singing a song every time it goes off. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday twice? No, it's a, no, when the alarm goes off, oh, oh, we've all got to wash our hands. And there was whistling involved. It was really annoying. bringing cheer into the workplace. Yeah. Uh, so, but other than that, I mean, I don't know whether there's sort of super specific extra things yeah I mean food deliveries you can't they happen in the middle of the night for one thing so even if you wanted to uh, test people's temperature when they deliver quite hard to do that um, it, I mean assuming it, like us you have immaculate um, health and safety practices already so yeah I mean we've obviously we've just kind of gone to town with you know washing your hands but also wash touch points mm. yeah. uh, you know there's hand sanitizer all over the restaurants there's sanitary wipes near you know screens or whatever so you know we have we have definitely upped it um have you but, said but i think it was pretty good already of, yeah have you have staff sort of been encouraged not to hug each other when they turn up to work high five because Hawksmoor, those staff they love one another don't they they really do love family. each other everyone's hugging all the time yeah although i mean you know you you, you, no. you came in you came in today and bumped feet and I noticed that actually people have been doing that around the restaurants you know of elbow bumping and feet bumping and we have said you know what you just stop shaking hands so we've got a policy where that doesn't happen we had a meeting this morning with someone who kind of laughed at me when I said I'm not shaking your hand I did it politely and he was like really cock alright we're doing that we're doing that it's like we should be doing everything sensible I think it's just it's just such radically different headspace yeah. I mean I, I, I saw someone yesterday who it doesn't anymore but has run massive restaurant company thought the whole thing was a bit of a lol overreaction it's yeah. like oh my, oh my god what are you talking about yeah. but 
people are in extremely different headspaces about it. Um, and that, that's just a weird reality of what's going on now, right? Um, Bash Redford, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to sort of squash this question, but if we're preparing for any... T- uh, Bash, for listeners who don't know him, it runs Forza Win and Forza Wine down in Peckham, at which you're a regular. I am. You're a uh, clam dad. No, that's you. Cl- Hugh is clam dad. But that is um, our, only, our only common local restaurant. If one is preparing for the temporary closure of a site, what are the main and most important things to consider? If answers could be in a sort of tick list, that would be great. I mean, you're asking too much, but... So, say that again. So if, he, if, he's compa- if, if he's preparing for if he's a temporary, temporary closure temporary of a site, yeah. could we have a tick list of things to think about? Is he just asking for like practical things? <coughs> like, so like, Will's going to be like, lock the doors, lock the doors, clean, Set don't leave any old food lying around. Well, certainly don't leave old food lying around. That would be, be good. No, but you'll be I fine. Mean, state is just dry age for longer. Check, check how much cash you have in the back. Check how long you can have that restaurant closed for check what you can do to mitigate that cost for example writing to the landlord of the bussy building and saying mm. i don't really think i should give you rent during this period uh and work out how you're going to treat your staff and look after them and then as soon as you've shut just start working on okay how am i going to open this again and get right back to where i was and how are you going to stay positive and resilient i would in particular recommend for bash that he like sleeps a little bit more yeah. maybe does some exercise well, he's got babies and he stuff. could be a bit healthier I think yeah he's very unhealthy yeah I don't think he's he's not a picture of how you maintain an optimistic resilient exterior pragmatic um, and in terms of the public facing element of all this from our point of view I know you've, you've said you feel that some people are getting it really wrong in, in their messaging because um, that would probably be part of it if you're going to close for eight weeks how do you convey that you know, what, what do you think people are getting wrong and what do you think people are getting right as restaurateurs? I mean, I, I would... I, I, I think it's probably important if you ever get to that stage that you are just clear, humble, you give people the information that they need, you say the truth, which is the most important thing, is that everybody is safe and well um, and that these restaurants can return and everything will be okay again I mean that there isn't really much more than that is there I would avoid all of the and also lol here's a funny story or here's an amazing menu item that will entice you back or it's not it doesn't feel like the time for that kind of stuff for me really it's it's quite a serious it's quite a serious thing that's happening yeah Um, it's something about using a global pandemic as a marketing tool that doesn't quite taste right no I think that's a fair that's a fair assessment I did see a press release and I won't mention names but it was for a book and the the expression was it is it is perfect for the stuck at home foodie during this crisis oh my what are you talking about that's not that's not the vibe Mm. I'm not great at PR and stuff but that's not that's not the vibe and I think actually that has such huge potential to come back and absolutely bite you on the backside (coughs) when this does you know be done with if, if you're you're using that as your marketing thing and you know this is going to affect people whether people die or you know somebody who dies or people will be poorly and yeah. if, if your product is then sort of associated with oh yeah do you remember that thing when loads of people were really sick then it's also not yeah, about I think back it's, for you it's that values thing again isn't it uh, when when this is over whatever happens 
if it's a minor dip or it's more serious than that or whatever, if you successfully get your way through it or not, do you look back on it and think, I'm glad I behaved the way that I behaved? Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really good it's a really good check for people to think about how they're behaving now. Yeah. But I think also for some people they'll be pushed into maybe because of the finances because a lot of places obviously are operating on these knife edges of money and you know to places where perhaps morally they'd want to stay open uh, sorry they'd want to close because they would feel that's the right thing to do but they you know can't because it's game over if they do yeah and that's that's a scary possibility potential for for a lot of places sure um so this is it i mean the the two the two forces at work are in direct opposition to each other the from a purely health point of view, it would make sense to close all the schools, close all the universities, no public gatherings, no football, no, none of that. Um, and everyone stay at home for a couple of months, but the economics work in the completely opposite direction. And, and those two things aren't unlinked, right? Economics and, economics and health. Mm. Like people, when people don't have money, more people struggle and, and I mean, if we're being br- really brutal more people die you know there is there is a responsibility here to try and navigate it and I, I don't know if this is think of this hope, is maybe you know, not I was thinking about the homelessness crisis that we already have you think of the number of people right on the edge and suddenly two months bam you don't have any work you know that's going to sure yeah I mean we, 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 we I was in a meeting yesterday with people thinking about like how they could do bit more for charity during this time which is a classic example of stuff that might kind of go by the wayside for a lot of businesses and um, it's difficult it's difficult but in a way I kind of think and I don't know if this is also glib but if you signed up to run your own business in a way you signed up for this you signed up for when it all comes down to it it's on you you've got you've got to do something about it and I think probably you signed up to it knowing I'm probably capable of doing it more than I think I am and I, I definitely see that with a few people at the moment. They are, they are taking stuff on pretty admirably, I think. Any examples you're able to share? Apart from us. Mostly are these two guys that run this delicious... That's delicious. Although I should also say, because you asked about delivery earlier, that the sandwich that you did in fact deliver to me before this... Podcast was delicious, by the way. Okay, that's good. I was, you didn't actually say anything at the time. I thought he's not enjoying. I was it. saving it for this moment. Um, tweet is not so much a question, but a tweet from Matt Pace, which I found interesting. Table just cancelled all their mains because the chefs aren't wearing blue gloves. I literally had an EHO say to me, "That's an environmental health officer." An EHO yet say to me yesterday, "I hate blue gloves and I'd ban them if I could." Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I know you've. Uh, You've talked to Gary Usher before. He does a, he does an excellent line, doesn't he, on unreasonable customers. He talks about unreasonable mm-hmm. customers from time to time. And this is a time when people are going to be more unreasonable than usual because people are people are worried about stuff. Um, I mean, there, there was that there was the bar in Bristol the other day talking about the number of people they've got that just not turning up, not bothering to let them know, just not turning up. They'll order all the food but then the people won't come. Uh, and I don't know, how do you do that? I mean, at a reasonable level, people who've booked events with us are just saying, well, can we have the deposit back? The deposit that is literally there so that you don't cancel yeah. your event. Well, we'd like to cancel our event. Can we have the deposit back? People are being less reasonable. And to be honest, maybe that's fair. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know, what do you do in that situation? I would probably grin and bear it and give them the deposit back. We're too English, aren't we? For we it, there's no way. It's not even an awkwardness thing, it's just like, a, do you know what, actually, you're cancelling this, not because you're being flaky, but... I meant more the blue gloves, actually. Oh, sorry, right. What do you right. do if the blue gloves, someone give, give, you give them the prawn sandwich, and then they're like, but hang on a sec, you didn't put the prawn, quack, the prawn cocktail crisps in with gloves on. I'd school them on, you know, EHO practices and have the gloves are no different to the human hands if they're clean hands. So, you know. While coughing in their direction, is that your... Yeah, well, so just one from Al Instone who runs the, um, uh, the London Barbecue School. I can't exactly. Al, oh, sorry, but Barbecue School down in Peckham. I just ate somewhere and saw someone in the kitchen cough into their hands, then carry on working without washing, touching everything, leaning on worktops, plating food, I was halfway through a dish, they plated. Never has my appetite left me faster. But that would be the case yeah. at any time, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's... If you'd that's, see me hacking into my hands and then making a prawn sandwich. Yeah, that's grim. That's grim at the best of times, and it's double grim now, and it, that is someone's fault, and you should be annoyed about that. But um, also, I, I don't know, I mean, that, that's bad, but also how much risk, how much can you totally get rid of the risk in anything, you, you, you can't, I suppose. But yeah, that one just sounds unpleasant. Alistair goes on to say, it was at a food court where they still had tins of cutlery on each table and weren't thoroughly cleaning down tables bet- uh, between customers. Seems like some food businesses just aren't considering their own role in maintaining public health. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, I think the, the truth is for a lot of restaurants, ours, of course, not included, is that that stuff, the very high-level cleanliness, feels like it's it's just something to consider but it's not as big as like let's just get the food turn the lights on and get the food out and all that kind of stuff and maybe it's quite difficult for those businesses to really turn it up I mean I I did write something uh, on our kind of coronavirus policy that we we put on our website of just actually it it feels to me now that at a time when that kind of thing's important it's the first time ever really I'd quite like to check the health and safety rating of a restaurant before I go in because if it's one or none, or to be honest, not the maximum, yeah. I start feeling a bit awkward about whether they're going to be doing this stuff really, really well. It's quite a good proxy, isn't yeah. it, for are they, can they push health and safety to the absolute top of their priority list? Because if they can't, mm. I don't know, why are we eating there at the moment? Um, it sort of goes on to the link to the question, which will probably be our last one, um, from Le Cordon Benj. Um, if restaurants are going to be empty, i.e. quiet, quiet and much quite unusual. How about a guarantee that you can have at least one metre gap between your table and the next? You, you can what? A one metre gap? one metre gap. I mean, the Hawksmoor, your tables are miles apart, aren't they? I mean, just, just the seats are miles apart. We're just, you know, all... Uh, yeah, man. That seems like actually quite a sensible... Certainly certainly seems reasonable. I mean, that's, that's come from the Italy thing, hasn't it? Where when restaurants were allowed to be open and now... Well, I think, I think maybe it's still true. You had to guarantee that people would be three feet apart. We had a message on Twitter from someone who lives in the Veneto. I was just about to read it. Go on, then, Sam. Uh, this is from Emma Bentley. Emma Bentley, 87, on Twitter. Uh, she's in Veneto, one of the lesser affected areas. Saturday night, we're out for dinner with friends at a local trattoria. It was full, um, but now everything's closed out there. But she goes on to say, in our village, there's a... Tab- how do you say that? Tabacaia. Tabacaia, which sells everything from stamps, lottery tickets and car tax certificates. 
then she describes it in a bit too much depth. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> this but, isn't a tweet, is it? Yeah, a DM. Um, but the police came on the very first day of lockdown, and because two of the clients were not respecting the one meter rule, it got hit with a hefty fine, and now it's closed until the restrictions get lifted. Wouldn't it be fairer for those two clients to be issued with the fine and not the shop? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the word now, I think, in Italy is guarantee. You cannot open unless you can guarantee. Is that what it is? I don't, I mean, I don't know how I, don't know how I do that. Anything. I mean, I haven't scenario planned for that. Yeah. I don't know how to guarantee that people will be a metre apart. Um, that's probably what I'll start doing now. After you leave, I'll start scenario planning for a metre apart. Yeah. Any, um, any final, final thoughts that send people off into their weekend with? Well, I think only, I mean, only a reminder, really, that this is temporary. Uh, and it will pass like most other things pass and for a lot of places but not everyone it will it, it's going to be okay in the end yeah uh, it's just it's a very very difficult time and you've got to do what you can to to get through it um, we were saying yesterday it feels like Christmas without the fun bit there's this weird feeling in the air of like or like I don't know like a holiday but not a holiday like the worst holiday ever I think the thing that everybody really, really wants is clarity. If you said, here's what's going to happen, it's really bad, but that's definitely what's going to happen, I'd be okay with that, actually, because I can at least plan for that exact thing. It's not knowing what the next thing is that makes it quite difficult, isn't it? I think that's what that feeling is, is just what's coming next. I I can't tell you. Um, I just try my best to make sure that I'm prepared for whatever it is. I mean, there have been seven, since we started talking, seven updates on the Guardian Coronavirus Live page. Um, so things are happening fast. But I think we could probably close with the uh, words on the poster, which I believe is the mantra of Hawksmoor, is it? That is the mantra of Hawksmoor, yeah. yeah. Go on, Will. Well, no, it's going, to be, it's going to sound more wanky if I say it, isn't it? You were, I thought you were going to take it on. It just says, work, it says work hard and be nice to people. Seems like the way to do it, even if there isn't any work. And wash your hands. And wash your hands. And wash your hands. Oh, yeah. Wash your hands and be nice to people. Remotely. Thank you, Will. Thanks for your time. It's a pleasure. I hope this wasn't too dry for our listeners. But. Mm, yeah. It's good. It's, it's tricky I think times. it's okay that this is a lull-free subject. It is a lull-free subject. I do find you very reassuring as well, I must say. Thank You're a reassuring you. gentleman. Thank you. Uh, all right. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.